Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm very glad you're with us today. You know, one of the reasons why it took me so many years, and I think now it may have been close to a decade, of really intensive reading and study before I was convinced that our minds cannot die, is that I was then, and I remain, such a skeptic. And back then, there was so little evidence compared to what is available now. You have no idea how much easier your research is than mine was. But I proved survival to myself finally, as I say, it may have taken me 10 years. And then I did a lot of additional research to figure out where all that amazing stuff is happening. And then finally, and it, this is at least 25 years after I had read my first, you know, channeled afterlife account, I realized that there actually was a totally independent ancient voice that agreed with the afterlife reality that I'd constructed based on the evidence. And of course, as you know, it was the 2000 year old gospel words of Jesus. And there there's no way that so much correspondence could be possible if that, if both of them were not actually right and true. So that's my background. And because it's, I've always been so skeptical, I have to say that meeting and coming to know Mikey Morgan has been such an extraordinary experience for me. I first met Mikey in spirit and his mother, Carol, in the flesh in the spring of 2012. She was communicating with him by pendulum, and that's something else, of course, to which I did not believe for a minute. But I knew that Carol was a traditional Catholic, utterly clueless about the afterlife, and she was a mother deeply grieving her son. He had died in an auto accident when he was just 20, and so I humored her. I asked questions, which Mikey answered, and... You know, he answered them very well. So I asked harder questions. Then I trusted Carol and Mikey to come to afterlifeforums.com and answer questions there. And I read every one of Mikey's answers. This was eight years ago that this started. And for maybe six of those years, I read every one of Mikey's answers carefully. What I soon began to see was that not only was Mikey always, always right, even in answering obscure or very difficult questions that I sometimes had trouble with. But Carol still knew nothing, and he often, in communicating through her, would go even beyond what I knew to be true. And eventually I had to accept the fact that he is the only person I really can say actually knows a whole lot more about death in the afterlife than I do. You know, we've heard from other elevated beings over the over the centuries, really, and that generally means beings who have achieved the sixth level of the afterlife where he is, which and it's the level just below the source level. It takes so long to get there that nobody who's there has any recent connections on earth. It's the sixth level is what Jesus called the kingdom of God, and he told us he had come to show us how to bring the kingdom of God on earth. But all the upper-level channeled beings of which we have been aware tell us frankly that they represent hundreds and even thousands of other advanced beings. Each of them is the spokesperson for a collective that acts in unison. Mikey Morgan, who is our exalted guest today, is the only elevated being who talks to us directly through someone that he knew well in life, and he answers our questions from the very top level of reality which we can access at all. I have to just say this is unique 
I think, in all of history. Not only is it unique today, but I have never seen, and I've looked for them, a single instance of a similar situation where an exalted being has done what he's done, which is to take, he less incarnated in the 1600s, and he was perfected long ago, but he took a voluntary lifetime that ended after 20 years, it ended in 2007, just so he could teach us in the voice and manners and with the knowledge of a modern 21st century kid. This is an extraordinary gift to us. And so for us to be hearing from Mikey today is an exceptional privilege. Please listen to him in that manner. And Carol and Mikey, welcome. I am thrilled to have you here. Thank you, Roberta. It's always nice to be back and to talk a little bit about everything that's going on in the world. Yes. Um, well, let's begin, though, by talking a little bit about about Mikey's history, not much, but just because some people may not have, I think this is your seventh visit here, and you'll be coming a lot more often in the future, but some people may not have heard your story, so could you just tell it really briefly? Mikey was uh, killed in an accident in 2007 uh, in the Colorado Rocky Mountains. He was with a bunch of friends, and he uh, was in a rollover accident, was killed instantly. Um, Everybody else was not really injured at all. Following his accident, we received many signs and dreams. It was very obvious that he had ability to communicate, and we were literally getting bombarded with all kinds of crazy stuff, and not only uh, his immediate family, but other family members and friends as well all over the place were getting signs and dreams, and he made it very clear that he was still very much alive and just not in the physical. And so with that, um, I was became very involved with Compassionate Friends and through that met Mitch Carmody, who is, I believe, one of the national speakers now regarding um, whispers of love, he calls it, which has to do with signs. And through him, I ended up then connecting with a spiritual medium by the name of Sally Baldwin for the Dying to Live Again Foundation. And she ran a retreat for mothers recruited all over the United States and picked seven moms on this retreat, all expenses paid in Sun Valley, Idaho, in the mountains at a beautiful resort. And I went to that with seven other mother or six other mothers. And when I was there, Sally Baldwin told me that Mikey was persistent, that I was picked. He was bugging her that she would pick me. And that I had this ability to communicate with him, and she was going to show me how by means of a pendulum. And I looked at her and basically told her she was nuts. And um, But I can communicate with him. And it started I with a pendulum. I practiced very diligently with that. It was very obvious. He's very good at it. The pendulum swings wildly. And now, I mean, I've pretty much perfected, too. As I do the pendulum, I can hear him telepathically as well. So I've improved my skills um, a lot over the past, what, seven, eight years. Yes. Yeah. No, this this is great. Um, Mikey's story is told in the, in the book that he and Carol wrote. It's called Flying High in Spirit, a young snowboarder's account of his ride through heaven. And I just want to tell you, I think Flying High in Spirit is the book that anybody interested in the afterlife must 
read because he tells us these thing experiences that he had shortly after his death, but he also talks about what it's like to go back. People ask me, well, how does it feel to go home? Well, he talks about that. He talks about so many things in this book. Um, it's, it's rated very high on Amazon, many reviews. And I think that uh, because it's so easy to read, Carol, it's a simple, every word in it came from Mikey. It's no, nobody else contributed. And it is, it is just a terrific book. So I have to, I can't recommend it highly enough. And yes, he does still snowboard in heaven. We might have a little time to talk about that toward the end, but yes, he does. He's still a kid. But all right, so let's talk about how does he feel about what's going on now? People ask me, what about this amazing spring and where everything seems to be going wrong? Can Does he have any thoughts on that? I'm going to address, address COVID and the riots. I've talked to him about this at length, actually. Um, on Afterlife Forums, many people are asking questions about this, or at least had initially at the start. There was a fear they would say, is this the end of the world with some of the questions, or is this a punishment from God that COVID is here? Those are a couple examples. First of all, Mikey again tells me over and over, the world is not going to end, and that spirit or God did not put COVID here. It is not a punishment. There's been many different viruses and illnesses here over, you know, the history of the world. He talks about that viruses and illnesses of our physical body is of this dimension. Now, the issue is, well, is there spiritual potential growth from situations like this? Absolutely there is. So what do we do with what we're thrown? You know, when I think about when COVID first started, you know, people tried hard to work together to try to figure it out and to to try to help each other. And this is a positive thing that even happens with natural disasters is, you know, it, you get a teamwork approach of people trying to work together and it's it's a positive thing. And so that can give us spiritual growth. What do we do with what we're thrown when we're in this situation? But the virus COVID is of this physical dimension. It is not from spirit. It is not a punishment from God or anything like that. Well, that's good to hear. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> does, he, does he talk does about, he, where, he talk it's about where it's going? He uses the word reboot. So he says this, this is like a reboot. Now, you know, it, it's, it, we're all kind of taking a little bit of a timeout. When we think about what COVID has done, is it has basically pushed us to focus more on our families, to take care of each other, to try to somehow help our elderly. It, it's putting a different focus on the world right now. And with the environment, I mean, there's not near as much traffic. There's not near as much uh, pollution issues or, you know what I'm saying, in regards to what's happening environmentally, it's kind of like we're taking a break. I mean, I can drive into work and there's literally no traffic at rush hour still. So that's part of the Right. And But I do think, now this is me, Carol, talking, that, if you lock up people for three months plus 
and, you know, they're losing their jobs and they're frustrated and they can't connect because as humans, physical connection is so important to hug somebody and to be with somebody. And when you restrict that, uh, then, you know, you get frustration because it's, you know, it's a human thing. Now I'm going to go into the riots a little bit. So you have people that are locked up. They're not, they've lost their jobs and all this. And then you have an issue that occurred that it, that was literally the match that lit the fire um, in a situation where it was a perfect ingredient for a storm. Then you have the riots. So now with the riots, this is an example of Mikey says, this is how negativity literally brews negativity. Yes. So you have a negative act and holy buckets, it explodes into tremendous yes. negativity. So what do we do about this? Well, you know, it's a tough situation. As we know, the world, this dimension is one tough school and we come here to try to handle the challenges and try to be as positive and loving as we can. And so the riots ultimately are free will choices of what different people are doing. And, of course, it's turned political. It's just kind of has snowballed. Will it get better? And um, we'll back up to the virus part. Mikey said, yes, things will get better. They always, over the course of the history of Earth, it does, things do get better and get under control. With the riots, that's free will choices. You know, I think about um, the song by Michael Jackson, The Man in the Mirror. The lyrics of that song talks about if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Change really starts with each individual person. It's a choice. And so even with the riots, some people, what is their intent of what they're doing? Again, Mikey talks about intent. When it comes right down to it of what's positive and negative, what's the intent of our actions? And so some people are, the rioting is a very negative intent. Some people you know, the protesting isn't a negative, but they're trying to express a point. So it's a tough, it's tough. It's a tough situation. But again, we need to ultimately work together. One other thing, and then I'll quit talking, Roberta, but I went down to, with my other son, Joey, he thought it would be good for me to go down to the George Floyd Monument in Minneapolis because I don't really live too far from all this carrying on that's gone. Oh, I'm um, glad you're okay, though. Okay, though. Yep, to see what this was like. So, because he said this was a life change, this is a major incident that's happened in our lifetime. So we went down there, and it was really an amazing thing to see as far as what they did in that, like, it's like almost like a four-block radius. But there was a man on a stage Speaking. And this man was talking about the importance of forgiveness and how can we live together as one? Because really, we're all the same, no matter what color, race, or whatever that we are. And his speaking, I mean, I just tingled all over. It was amazing. 
So there's an example of someone, okay, he's taken this negative situation and he's speaking in that area about the importance of not having using violence and how can we work together to make things better and more kindness shown to each other no matter what our background is or our race. So there are good things that come out of stuff, but again, negativity can really brew some serious negativity, which was pretty obvious. I think one of the wonderful things about all of this is that it is helping, as you say, it's helping with us with a lot of changes. Um, I've noticed many more people are going to be working from home. Um, I thought it was impossible, but now um, they're literally looking at the possibility that we're dispersing from the cities. That could have happened over generations, but it's happening over a year because of COVID. And it's probably better, better for the economy, better for all of us that we have that flexibility. Same with education. A lot of people are homeschooling their kids. That's more time with the children. That's a wonderful thing. Um, I, As we know, everything that happens is either love or a call for love. And the, the, the stresses of these riots are really a call for love. So I, I really think that Joey was influenced um, but probably by, by Mikey to, to take you to that particular um, event because that was a wonderful experience for you and and you can see that it is possible for good even to come out of what really has been a terrible situation so good for him I mean he really is always trying to help all of us grow well it was really interesting for me because every race was represented in the audience there and this man was up there it was a uh, he was african-american and how he spoke too was it was just it was it was impressive to me because at first I'm like oh I'm kind of fearful to even go down there, but Joey said no mom I think we should go down there and he was right I mean it was something that I think I needed to see and it's an example of how positive loving things can come out of this kind of thing yeah and that's the important thing and then again I go back to that song you know if we look at ourselves. And if we make a change with ourselves, that that's a start. You know, I mean, really, it's hard to control anybody else. But the only person we really have full control of is our individual self. That's absolutely know? right. Now, we have other questions, too, I'm about to ask Carol. But some people have asked me, now, how does this – is she talking to, to Mikey in real time when you're on, uh, on, the, on the call, or is, how does this happen? Well, this is, this is the situation, and correct me if I'm wrong, Carol. Um, Mikey speaks in Carol's mind, so she, pretty, she knows what he's saying, but she is so careful never to distort anything he says that she will, she will test it with the with the uh, pendulum and she'll make sure when when she reads it over that he's reading it over and he agrees with it that's right isn't it carol that's correct but what i did this time is i knew that covid and the riots were to be discussed for this radio show so i sat down with my pendulum last night and then this morning just to reiterate um, what i was supposed to say and what he told me and so I always use the pendulum first. And in regards to the next questions, I mean, I ask him the questions ahead of time so that I know 
you know, what I am to say. Does that make sense? So, and I yes. always, I, I always confirm with the pendulum. I mean, I think, I don't think I could ever give up the pendulum. I, seeing is believing for me, I guess. I'm still <laughs> human and that's, that's right. my thing. But I couldn't make this stuff up if I tried because <laughs> how I was brought up was very strict Catholic. So this was all new to me, really. And, and, and I, I know you've never studied it. You really don't want to have any ideas. You just want to come. But what's been funny has been over the years watching Carol communicate with Mikey and and not believe what he was saying. In the beginning, he, she, would, she would actually apologize to me. This is what he says, sort of with a question, an uplift question at the end of her saying that. Or he would say, uh, that's, what, that's just Mikey's idea anyway. And every time he got it perfectly. But it was hard for her to believe, because a lot of this stuff is, in fact, amazing. But he has I have never seen this wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, advanced being make a mistake. So we're going to plunge into a few questions, and then we'll come back in about maybe four or five months. We'll do this again, because uh, the questions are never-ending. And if you have a question that you'd like to ask Mikey, you can always go to afterlifeforums.com or ask the question. If you want to make sure you'll get to hear it, on uh, Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, send me the question. I'll send it to Carol. She'll get his answer, and it'll be on the next time that we we do one of these um, interviews. But let's press on. So the the next question on the list that we had meant to talk about is soul groups. Um, What are soul groups, Mikey? So Mikey tells me that in the afterlife, we travel in soul groups, okay? So as we are eternal beings and we travel in soul groups and in our soul group, we may be of different levels or of different vibrations, you know what I mean? So it's not like Mikey hangs with with souls that are only love, um, where he's at, you know what I'm saying? So right. we are intertwined with these souls and we work together to progress ourselves spiritually. And we can combine with different soul groups uh, to work on a life experience uh, to to achieve better, um, you know, vibration within ourselves. And so when we're in the afterlife, we actually kind of plan our journeys here. You know, we have, we work on it, think about a couple key events that we would like to experience when we come you know, we pick our parents, we pick our family, and, you know, when we come here, of course, we are exercising our free will. So our guides try to keep us on track, but ultimately, you know, our free will choices are our free will choices, and that's why we come here is because it's so challenging here. And an example of knowing your soul group, I think this is when you, let's say you go on a vacation somewhere, And you come across, you meet some people, and there's an individual there that you just hit it off. You just click. There's something about the person. You can't explain it. You feel like you've known them before. You have a great time. It's like, wow, I just felt like I really already knew this person. Well, chances are you probably probably already (laughs) did because they could very well be in your soul group. Then you may meet a person where you're literally like oil and water. No matter what you do or say, you conflict, you just never jive. 
that can absolutely be an example of they're not you're they're from a different soul group so you know it's it's an interesting thought process but you know mikey says you know there's a i'm thinking at star trek you know we're all kind of fellow space travelers where you know we kind of go as a group you know we work together as a team as a group uh to achieve our spiritual progression and that's really we're all part of these groups and of course god is the unity of all of this you know absolute pure love which is infinite so we're just you know we travel in these soul groups my experience has been and this is something which um i i don't mean to to um, just interject but we seem to be mostly associating with people with who are in our soul groups but you're right there are some people mixed into our acquaintance who really don't seem to be even on the same planet that we are and that's one way we can tell the difference that's well you'll know i mean you can tell if it if you're totally in a disconnect chances right. are that that individual is not from your soul group i mean i have met people where it's like no matter what i do or i just feel yes. so disconnected i just can't relate or connect that Mikey tells me is an example of chances are they're not in your soul group versus people that you meet or you just really connect with. That uh, is more an example of that they're in your in your soul group. Has he given you any sense of because these must be gigantic groups? Has he given you any sense be, of yes. how big a soul group typically would be? Well, he has talked, you know, I know they can be over like a thousand. I mean, he's never, you know, he never really gives me, you know, numbers per se, but your soul group can be pretty big. I mean, think about, think about how many people are here on earth. Then think about all the other dimensions that there are in the afterlife well we can't even comprehend it all and we're not our soul our one our soul group isn't all present here at the same time right right so they can be in other dimensions or in the afterlife right now taking a break or you know so it's it's really a hard concept to put a number on but he does say that we do travel in soul groups to work on our relationship and or our, on our spiritual progressions and experiences within these relationships that we have with people. Sometimes, you know, it's only a brief encounter with an individual. It can only be brief where other times, you know, they're your mother or your father or your sister right. or your brother. Uh-huh. So it varies. It varies. We take on these different roles. We come with a general life plan, but again, you know, free will choice alters things along the way, as we know. Absolutely. Yeah, some people have have said to me, um, because I, I get a lot of emails, I invite them, and I do get a lot of them, and, and some people have said, you know, I feel as if I don't have anybody that loves me in this in this lifetime, and I just say to them, wait till you get home. You won't be able to stand how many best friends you have when you get home, because that's part of the wonder of this. When we, when we get back, we take off the costume we wore while we were here. Um, we're surrounded by loved ones, so for whatever's going on in your life now, just 
stick to learning to love perfectly and forgive completely. And when you get back, it's going to all be worthwhile. Right. That is correct. I mean, we are really never alone. I've been told that over and over. Mikey says, Mom, you know you're never alone. We are so close. But it's hard because when we're in the physical, we think of, you know, you want somebody physically by you or, you know, and so it's a hard, it's a hard thing when you think, oh my gosh, they're not here. But when you get the tingles and you get the different stuff that goes on, which when they make their presence known, I mean, that, you know, helps me significantly, of course, because I do know I'm not alone for sure. Yeah, well, no, you're never alone. You're you're the only one around here who's never alone because you've always got him with you, and I know that, and I think that's that's so special and wonderful. But let's talk about now. Let's talk about natural disasters. Um, people ask me why do ter- these terrible things happen, um, and and I, are they do they have a spiritual component? People will ask me. What does Mikey say about that? So a natural disaster from Mikey's viewpoint, is an energy event. He talks about in his book about how everything is energy. So think about a tornado or a hurricane or an earthquake or any of these things where obviously it's energy. You know, when the winds and the water and the power of water and the power of the wind and rain and all these different storms, it's an energy event in this dimension. What does that event do? It Think of the outpouring of love and kindness that comes to others and given to people that they don't even know after a natural disaster. I mean, it's amazing how generous yes. people can be and how much they will help others and show love and kindness to people they don't even know after a natural disaster. So it is, is it a spiritual event? It is, it, it comes into kind of a spiritual event in the fact that it gives great potential or opportunity for spiritual growth and progression by how we handle that situation when it comes forth. And so you know, they, it's a definitely an energy event, and there absolutely can be a very positive spiritual component for people involved by how they uh, react to the situation. It is true. Um, think of uh, in my state of Texas, um, when Houston flooded, all the wonderful stories that came out of that of people being kind to one another, helping one another, saving pets and all kinds of terrific things. And I think after 9-11, I mean, this, the, the city that never sleeps is also not a very pleasant place for people sometimes to be interacting with one another. But after 9-11, it was, it was all one family. Uh, so you're right. I mean, that's, and that's probably why they happen then because they help us to remember that we are all one one people and help us to come together spiritually that's correct that is correct all right this is a question i get a lot um because we talk christianity does not talk about reincarnation at all christians don't believe in reincarnation but the, the evidence is overwhelming that of course it happens and um, I just uh, wonder, what, what does Mikey say about reincarnation? Of course it happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> he says, of course, of course it happens. It happens right? <laughs> right. So, um, 
you know, I remember, now this is me talking, Carol, uh, uh, and I'm going to use this example first. You know, with my job, I work in a hospital with people with physical disabilities, and I always thought to myself, wow, either they drew the short straw because they're born this way, or there's more to the story of people that are disabled or sick or whatever. Why does this happen to some people and not to others? Wow, God is not fair. Now, this is what I thought long before, you know, I'm where I am today and Mikey's accident and everything. Because technically, Catholic-wise, I was to believe that you're only here once. And I right. thought, wow, really unfair. Well, right. now it makes sense to me. You know, Mikey says, of course, we come more than once. Because we take on these different roles to learn. The only, in Mikey's, from Mikey's perspective, he says the only way we truly learn is through experience. So we can say, oh, yes, I know what it feels like to lose a child or lose a limb in an accident and be an amputee. Well, the only way you really know what that's like is to live it. You can right. say it, but you don't know it till you live it. And so reincarnation really is our way of being able to experience all these different things. It also explains deja vu that happens a lot to people. And so it is uh, the Eastern religions, you know, all believe in it. It's the Western world. But apparently, you know, I have heard, you know, they talk about, and Mike, you said, you know, this is something that Jesus also talked about yes. but a lot of that was taken out of the bible and did he say so, that really is that true he really said that that, he, that it was taken people, out of the bible he, i even think that wasn't that it was that it was supposed to be in the bible yes because it was the, supposed the, to be in the bible the council of nicaea in 325 told us they tried to get rid of everything that talked about reincarnation. And the reason they gave was that they wanted uh, they didn't want us to think we'd get any more chances. They wanted us to have to try our best this time around and not, you know, just fluff off this life, which struck me as a very strange explanation. But they did, they did t- apparently take out quite a bit about reincarnation. Um, the things right. that they left are somewhat disguised, but you can see that's what Jesus was talking about. Well, I'd love that he confirmed that. That's great. Right. And that's actually, he actually, that I want to say is even in the book that it was to be in the Bible or whatever and was taken out. But he, because he compares in his book, he compares the teachings of Buddha and the teachings of Jesus, which are actually very similar. They are. And so, you know, I think what people need to realize is, you know, you know, and even the Bible was, you know, apparently written, what, 15 years after the fact? Or, I, you know, I've heard even all 20, different kinds of stuff. I don't 20, know. Yeah, it, it, the, the books, the first books were probably, uh, the, uh, the first uh, actual writing down of the Gospels were probably close to 20 years after Jesus had died. It was, it was passed down for like a generation and a half um, by mouth. People who remembered things recited it and uh, people passed it down that way which if you've ever played telephone sitting in a circle you know a lot of things might have been distorted which is why it amazes me that the dead confirm that the gospels are so accurate 
but but yeah, he's right. right. It's it took what a while Jesus, to get it it's down. what Jesus taught. I mean, it's what Jesus taught. But unfortunately, I think sometimes, you know, it's how people interpret and things and what their perspective yes. is at the time and whatever. So again, at the end of the day, it's about being kind and loving. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's about. We need to yes. not judge others and we just need to be nice. It's just not that hard. But definitely, <laughs> you know, Mikey does hard, say, though, Carol. what's that? For many people, it is hard. Is, is what It's I very hard. Them. Yes. It's yeah. just, oh, so anyway, but yes, he does say absolutely reincarnation does occur. We are eternal beings. So if you think of it that way, I mean, being here is just a short stint, really. Uh, that's right. Each, each, that's one reason we often plan very aggressive lifetimes because it seems like, I mean, when we're at home, we feel all oh, powerful. And this seems like just like the after, an afternoon's uh, trip to the gym. It doesn't seem like that big a deal. We get here, we forget what's going on, and we really think it's a big deal. But no, that's, that's great. But, but this is a question that came up actually just a couple of weeks ago for us. Um, we had a guest, or maybe it was even the last time, we had a guest who was talking about the Kabbalah version of you know, spiritual truths, which is uh, and the ancient Jewish, and much of it is wonderful. I, I really want to stress that. Much of Kabbalah is very wonderful, but um, they apparently talk about people coming back as uh, even minerals and um, uh, Plants and insects, uh, and lesser animals. What does he say about that? How? What? What do we come back as? What can we come back as? He tells me they're of a different soul. Like animals are of a different type of soul group. Yes. And so Mikey will tell me that we, you know, we come back as, you know, we're humans. Are we're of a different type of soul group? So he says we do not come back as a grasshopper or a bumblebee or a mouse or, you know, he does, he says no. So I don't want to, I mean, I don't know enough of that teaching. In fact, I don't read anything on purpose. So I'm not uh, biased or skewed with my thoughts with what I'm hearing from him. But he, he tells me, no, we do not come back as an animal or a bug that, you know, and, um, animals are of a different type of soul group. And, you know, yes. he even says that, I mean, they don't need to reincarnate either. You know, they don't have to. They're of a different, you know, type of soul group. Can they come back? I mean, is that an absolute no, they can't come back? Well, they, he just, they're just not, that is just not part of what they need to do as much right. as we definitely have a strong desire for that because we want to progress ourselves spiritually, because that's of the type of soul group that we are. So that's what he tells me on that. So that's just a matter of opinion, you know, I guess, of what people want to believe. Well, he's, once again, he's right. Um, the the what, what we have learned from other sources is that animals are of a species-specific group soul. That's what we're told. So that uh, yep. all wildebeests are part of the wildebeest group soul, and so on. Um, but the correct. But but when an animal has a, a love relationship with a human being, like your dog or cat or my yeah. horse, 
they will be waiting for us in our afterlife as that as that individual that we love. Now, why that, that is correct? Why, yes, <laughs> but see, but I had learned that, and then Mikey confirms it. Why that's true, yeah. I can't. I can't say, except that I think it's because many people will say, if my dog, it can't be, you know, in the afterlife, I don't want to be there either. They are so important to our, uh, to our loving, to our feeling perfect, whole, and complete, and loved. I think that's why. Does he? I mean, maybe he wouldn't. They, they teach. So our pets, you know, Mikey has told me, our pets teach us unconditional love. Yes. So they're just so different than a human soul is. When you think about how our pets are, they are so unconditional. I mean, you can, by accident, step on your dog's paw, and within 30 seconds, he has forgotten and is just all oh. over licking you and loving you. And they That's hold right. no, they, you know, generally speaking, when, you know, now a dog or something, an animal that's abused, well, then, you know, that's a different thing. But if you give love to them, they reciprocate and they're unconditional. You know, yeah. they teach us unconditional love. And to me, our pets are really just the greatest gift. And they yes. are such teachers. They really yeah. are. Yes, yes. In the in in the book, Flying High in Spirit, um, there, there was a, a, a family dog that... Um, died before uh, Mikey did. And one of the first things he talks about in his book is going to pick up the dog from wherever the dog had been staying, waiting for him. Isn't that a beautiful story, don't you think? The the concept of the Rainbow Bridge is a true thing, according to Mikey. And that's where he went, and he describes it in detail in the book. But he went there to get our dog. So there was two dogs, Chelsea the Golden Retriever and Rocco the Standard Poodle, and he did go to get them. And he told me that that your your connection is through love. And this loving connection, these relationships are never gone. They're never lost. So when we return to the afterlife, we absolutely will see these pets again. And Mikey said Chelsea was, you know, so excited to see him that she brought him the green tennis ball and wanted him to play fetch just like they did when he was little. And he said, you know, some things never change. I mean, their personality is the same, just like our loved ones. When we go back, their personality is exactly the same. Yeah. So, you know, our pets are like little people. <laughs> I mean, they're precious little unconditional yeah. gifts that they, they're just wonderful. And they are here. They're little teachers. I mean, Mikey has said they absolutely can teach us unconditional love like no other because they that's how they are. No, I, and he's absolutely right again. But I thought that was a very touching moment in his book. I'm so glad he included it. What, 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 what do you? This is an odd experience that you're having. Let's say this is unique. I think in all of human history that that you have a son who is so advanced spiritually. I should just say um, he came once to uh, a meeting I was having with my uh, primary guy. This is several years ago. Not, not. I think he'd been been there about five years, and um, he came, and he was alternately 
a a giant blue light and a kid on a on a, on a snowboard, actually wearing a t-shirt. He wasn't even wearing um, because of, of course it, the, you don't have the cold there. I mean, he is extremely advanced. I'm told by Thomas, my guy, that he is actually at, at, at the upper level at this point of the sixth level. And yet, here he is. You're, he's your little boy. Do you have any thoughts about that? Does this ever strike you as extraordinary? You know, I, I feel everything that has happened is a miracle. The fact that I can communicate with him is a is a miracle to me. When he, I mean, when he told me that he was on the sixth level, I'm like, well, what does that mean? He says, I'm just letting you know. I mean, so he talks to me just like he did when he was here. I mean, and that's what's validating for me. He doesn't talk to me like some, you know, he talks to me like he did. He talks to me like a 20 year old son would talk to his mom. And so it's hard for me to comprehend this, that part of it. So I don't even ask about it i don't focus on that i just want him to help us here along the way and but it is it seems almost crazy to me a little bit and just because of my background and it but it absolutely is a miracle when i i'll just never forget when i came home from that retreat in sun valley idaho i thought wow god has given me a miracle i mean i can still communicate with my son and it's the greatest gift I've by far that I've ever been given. And I thought I've got to share this with somebody I got to. And I was afraid to at first because I thought I'm going to get absolutely thrown under the bus, but I've gotten over that now and I'm doing pretty good. I've gotten pretty confident with, you know, this is what it is. And, you know, um, I'm supposed to be out giving the messages that we need to be nice and love and kind. And that's, what it's all about and that's why we're here but it's tough here that's for sure at times it's tough it's tough but this is your story is a beautiful story everyone from now mikeymorgan.com points to robertagrimes.com because carol's working full-time she's got a life she's she's got a lot going on and so um i'm sort of babysitting their situation just <laughs> until she's ready to take flight with it. No, I'm, I'm, the, the day will come when there will be a separate MikeyMorgan.com site. But for now, we feature Flying High in Spirit on RobertaGrimes.com. She's going to be our guest three or four times a year from now on to answer questions. And I'm going to do all I can to help people find that book and find Mikey because, uh, as I say, this is a, a unique experience in all of human history and it is, I think, one of the most spiritually important things that has happened, certainly in my lifetime and maybe in many lifetimes. So um, I am so thrilled, Carol, that you were able to be here today and we'll do this again in probably three months or so uh, and do more of this. Um, but meanwhile... Please just consider yourself hugged. And Mikey, consider yourself hugged. I'm so privileged just to even know you. I think this is so wonderful. Well, thank you, Roberta. It was very fun to be on this show again. So we'll be doing this again soon. But meanwhile, everybody, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm very glad you were here for this today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better.
Next week, our guest is going to be Shanna Lee, who will be here for the second time. She's an intuitive healer and celebrity manifestation coach. That's what she calls herself. And the author of a terrific book called The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. She Her website is thesoulfrequency.com, and she also does a podcast called The Soul Frequency. Now, she's one of, I think, the leading um, people doing the whole conversation on raising your energy frequency and creating a life founded on truth and in alignment, but not doing it as I do it uh, under the teachings of Jesus. She's got another route. There are plenty of routes. Jesus told that himself. Um and so I, what I've asked her to do this time, because we had so much fun last time she was here, is I've asked her to come back and share some success stories from her practice, no names, of course. And I just love talking to her. I think you will, too. So please join us next week. And this week, our guests have been Carol and Mikey Morgan for the seventh time. Mikey, as we've said, is a very advanced being who took an optional he, he did this for us, everyone. He took an optional 20-year lifetime that ended by design in 2007. He wanted to experience life on Earth so that he could remember what it was like. And, so, and he wanted to experience modern life so he could talk to us and teach us in the words of a modern American kid. As you can see, he does that. I didn't believe his story until after I had heard him answer hundreds of questions and never make a mistake. He knows a great deal more than I do, and he's proven that to me repeatedly. Mikey's book is called Flying High in Spirit, a young, snowboarder account, a young snowboarder's account of his ride through heaven. I'm tickled to see that with 73 reviews and, and a, no promotion at all, it's, all, it's got 73 reviews and an, an incredible 4.7 out of 5 stars on Amazon. I don't know of any other book that has that kind of writing. People love this book. I hear from people often who say they've read it. And I think it's one of the very best books about the afterlife in print. So if you can read it, please do, please do that. Carol and Mikey often hang out at afterlifeforums.com. That's forums with an S, dot com. I'll put all of this in the notes, of course. He has answered many, many hundreds of questions there flawlessly, and you can go back and read the questions and answers anytime you like. Please go check out afterlifeforums.com, and please consider reading his book. And if you have questions about it, of course, you can contact me. As you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. For children, there's The Fun of Meeting Jesus. All of these books are available on Amazon.com, and the adult books are also available as audiobooks. You can always contact me with questions, with comments, through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every question and every comment, but it can, it can take a few days for, for me to get to it. Meanwhile, everyone, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you in particular, in all the universe, are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.